0: Pastor Bowen asked me if I would uh, speak for this morning, and I said, absolutely, be happy to do that, and so uh, I've got a message to share with you this morning, but first, before we get started, I've got a question for y'all. How many of you guys are having a good summer so far? <laughs> having a good summer? All right. Been a little bit hot, though, right? Was it last week, I think it was, that it was like in the upper 90s, something like that? Um, my, my summer's been going pretty good, but um, kind of had a little bit of a difficult week last week. How many of you guys are, are dog lovers, dog lovers, cat, cat lovers? Okay, I don't understand you folks, but uh, <laughs> but uh, God loves you anyway. But I, I'm a dog lover, got a, got a dog, and I've got this little guy, he's, he's, I don't know, about 30 pounds or so, and last week it was one of those hot days, like 96, 97, 98 degrees, and I was outside working on, on my uh, lawnmower, trying to do some stuff to it. And I uh, had, uh, had, had a piece of it off, and, and I had, uh, had this little little thing of gasoline I was using to clean some parts, and it was in like a little, like a little shallow bowl type of thing, and I had, it, I had it sitting on the ground right there by the lawnmower. Really hot day. My dog had been out there running around playing with his chew toy and all that kind of stuff. And next thing before I know it, he just comes right over there and starts lapping up. Yeah, lapping up the gas. I mean, just before he even realized what he was doing, he just just <laughs> lapped up. I mean, I don't know how much gas. And all of a sudden, man, he just took off, like, jumping all around and making all these noises and everything, running in a circle. And, and he just fell over. Yeah. He's okay. He just ran out of gas. <laughs> Boo. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let that, let that sink in for a second. He's fine. Everybody be calm. He's fine. But, um, and y'all don't know if y'all got my joke about the hands-free driving on the sign. I go up and down I-20 all the time, and it says effective July 1st, which is today, hands-free driving, right? So I guess, no. You know, I, I drive with, how many of y'all drive with your knees? I know you're out there, you know, eating a cheeseburger and drinking a drink. So, but that has to do with uh, telephone service. But uh, anyway, it, Different situation. But I do have a message for you this morning. I want to speak to you about three little, three little terms one being what's in your wallet, what's in your heart, and what's in your actions. Um, matter of fact, I tell you what, don't we all, I know we've been standing and singing and, and, and clapping and praising, but can we all stand up once, once more? I want you to find one or two people and just ask them, ask them, what's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? Yeah, find out. Find out what's in their wallet. Okay, now ask somebody. Uh, can I have what's in your wallet? Try that. Can I have what's in your wallet? All right. Okay, you may be seated. You may be seated. Yes. What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? But jo- all joking aside, what is in your wallet today? What are some of the things that you have in your wallet? I know that I have. Um, what's one of the main things you have in your wallet? Okay, well, driver's license is, is one. I f- happen to find. How many of you all like your driver's license picture? You, like, you- Oh, some of you all like your driver's like. Ooh, I look good in my driver's license picture. Yeah, some of you all like your driver's license picture. Some of you. How many of you wish you could do it all over again? Like that? Yeah. Most of the most, most of the hands are gonna. I found a couple of. Uh, driver's license pictures online look at this <laughs> right. you might may, may may feel a little bit better about yours now after have seen that I think we got one more yeah. so there you have it there you have it so we have our driver's license in our wallet we have uh, credit cards in our wallet we have possibly some cash I know some people keep a spare key in their wallet not so sure if that's a good idea or not but uh, we, have, we we carry a number of things in our wallets and so, and then, all you ladies, I got, a, I got a question for you. All you ladies out here, I got a question for you. So, you guys, you guys have a wallet that goes inside of another container, right? A, a handbag, a, a purse. Okay, let me tell you something. These purses are mysterious to me. I know that I know that Paul talked a lot in the scripture about the mystery of things and all of that. But you ladies are mysterious, especially in this area of purses, because I've got this wallet. It's probably older than a lot of you young people sitting here on the front row my wallet is but if you're going to go get a wallet for a guy you got that little that little rack maybe it turns and maybe it don't you got to kind of force it around a little bit and you you got a few choices you got a brown one i got a brown one get a black one maybe some velcro you know Velcro's cool and then uh so you don't have a whole lot of selection but my wife wanted me to go purse shopping with her one one time Exactly, I know you. You know what's you know you feel my pain already. She wanted me to go shopping with her, said she wanted to get a new purse. And I learned something, ladies. I learned this. this is this is good information for you men, especially. Did you know? I know you ladies know about this, but you ladies have something called an everyday purse, right? Is this is this a real thing? Like some of you, you have a, an everyday purse. That's like that's one you can use every day. So I go with my wife, and I'm, I'm we're going to go find a purse. And so, you know, the guys don't have a huge huge selection, but I go to this particular store, some department store, and they're literally aisle after aisle of purses. Like, this is right, this row after row of purses. And I'm wandering around, and I felt like I was in there four or five hours. I know it was probably 30 minutes, but it was was a long time for me. And after all was said and done, there must've been, I don't know, three or 4,000 purses. I don't know, it seemed like it to me, but my wife could not find the right purse. She could not. She could not find that right purse. Like, I'm, I, and I asked her. I said, "So you're telling me that out of all of these, all of these purses that are in there, there's not one, there's not one that might do the job for you? Nope. But lo and behold, a miracle happened a couple of days ago. My wife came home and she had an everyday purse. She fi- she finally found her everyday purse. And when the first thing she starts doing, I don't know if any of you ladies are like this if you're married, talking to your spouse, but then she starts explaining to me, like, you know, why, you know, why it's the perfect, why it's the perfect everyday purse, because, you know, you got to have that compartment, you know, you got to have access to get, you know, I see some heads nodding, you got to have access, and you better be able to get to your uh, wallet, you know, or your glasses or whatever, you got to be able to have, you know, and so finally, she's, she, she felt good about it, so we'll see how long that lasts, I'm pretty sure that probably in a couple of days, she's probably going to want another one, but, but I bring this up because we have, we have our wallets, we have our purses, and these are representations of, of, of something that we use for living our lives in the culture that we live in, in our, in our economy that we live in. We gotta have identification. I talked to y'all once before about our identity in Jesus Christ. And so we have to have our identification, that's important. And we have to have currency, we have to have some way to pay for things. And so our wallet is is important, it's, it's a necessity and the culture that we live in. But I would just like to say to you this morning that even though that these things are necessary and we have um, these these tools that are for our usage, um, there's some danger in these things because we also can find ourselves striving in the economy of this world and in the culture of this world to utilize some of these tools that are in here to try to meet up or measure up to a particular image that the culture is is saying that we have to, to fit into. And that shouldn't be the case. In fact, um, I don't know how many of you would relate to this or how many people it applies to, but statistically in America, a lot of consumers in America are wrapped up in a certain amount of, of, uh, bondage and tied up because of, of credit card debt. And it's interesting because if, uh, I've got a, I've got a credit card and I get those, uh, you get those in the mail all the time. Those, uh, credit card offers get them constantly. And it's interesting. Some of the names, one of my, one of the ones that caught my eye one time that I thought was kind of interesting. One of the credit cards is called chase freedom. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's the name of the credit card. Chase freedom. So if you'll use this, what you're actually doing is putting yourself if you if you're not handling your finances correctly, what you're actually doing is you're chasing freedom, but it's a it's a it's a perverted, not right form of freedom. And so in within the, the confines and the perspective of us as the church, there's a mandate that we have, even though that we live in this in this culture, in this economy, to not allow ourselves to get too um, Burden down or into bondage uh, With this particular thing Now let me say this This message, even though I've titled it What's in your wallet Is not about giving This is not a message about About giving in any particular capacity As far as monetarily But I will say this That I just want to make this distinction That even though that we live in this world Even though that we have to live in the uh, Economy of this world And the culture of this world it's, it's a cliche, we hear it all the time But it's very, very true. It's not so much about the things you have, it's whether or not the things have you. And so I want to speak to you this morning about the opportunity and the privilege that we have to live in this world, to live in this culture, but not to be of this culture. I want us to look at a passage of scripture. I'm going to jump to Philippians actually, and move up just a little bit for the sake of time. This is what Philippians chapter three, verses 18 through 20 has to say. It says, For as I have often told you before now and tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But listen, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so two things to take away from that. It talks about, appetite their god is their stomach and their glory and their glory, their glory is in their shame their mind is set on earthly things and let me tell you something there is absolutely nothing wrong with being blessed in the marketplace i know people i have friends i'm sure there's people in here you are good at what you do or you have possibly for whatever reason, you have some, uh, inheritance or something and you have, you have resources, you have money. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's a, it's a God given gift. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. The, the point of this passage of scripture is about what our appetites are for, what our appetites are for. The, this wallet that you have, the purse that you have, the identity that you carry, are you, are you are you taking it seriously in the fact that you are a re- representative, that our citizenship is actually in heaven? We are not of this world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. And even though that we live in this, this economy, this culture, we are to be for, first and foremost, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are to be a representative of his purpose and his kingdom and his agenda. Amen? Amen. That's, that's the primary thing. And um, I'm I'm speaking this message to you today primarily uh, to you as the church. And I know if you're here today and you you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, please do not leave here before you do so. But this message this morning, uh, I'm kind of basing it on the scripture that's out of Ephesians chapter four. It says that. That Christ gave, him, uh, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for works of service. There's a mandate that we all of us together have to be equipped. And again, our finances and, and what we carry gives us the opportunity to be equipped for certain things. It's just a matter of perspective on what your appetite is for. What is your appetite Set on Is your appetite set on things of the world? Because if, if your appetite is really set on things of this culture and this world, you are going to wear yourself out. I bet you there's some of us in here today that are already tired are already exhausted because, man, we're just trying to, I just got to have this. I got to have that. I got to look this way. I got to be there. I got to, and you're just striving because of the appetite that you have. And we're We're amiss. We have the resources that the Lord has given us, but we're not operating in the citizenship that we really have as representatives of Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the things that, that we have here, you hear us talk a lot about, uh, is our connect groups. And we're on, a lot of us are on summer break right now, but I help facilitate a connect group on, normally on Wednesday nights. And we have an awesome group of men that meet on Wednesday nights. And they have this, this past semester, as we call it, has been really Amazing uh, for us, we have really had some great times in there, a great group of guys, some amazing testimonies, but we were you know we share in there different things, we talk about different things and really challenge one another. We kind of call our group men of purpose and just um, it's always that 's something I really am uh, passionate about is to see men, especially, to step up and to, to, to realize who you are and your identity in Jesus Christ and to realize that, yeah, I'm living in this world, but guess what? I get to represent the kingdom of God. And I use this little example one time. I didn't come up with it on my own. I heard this, but we talk about doing things in the name of Jesus or asking things in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine, because I do, I have a credit card in my, in my wallet. What if I was an absolute billionaire? What if I had more money than Warren Buffett and, and Bill Gates put together? And I, and I, I was going away. Jesus has gone away. I'm going away. And I, I look over and I say, you know what, Michael, I, 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 uh, you know what, I, I I got some things I'd like you to do. I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my, my credit card. I'm a multi-billionaire and you can use it for anything as long as it's in my interest. You see the difference? It's not just about using it for what he might want to use it for, for his appetite, but it's for the interest of the kingdom of God. And Jesus has given us his name and we can use his name. And it's, it's, a, it's a simple principle, but it's a powerful principle. When we're in communion and communion relationship, really, really, in relationship with Jesus, and we're we're spending time with him, and we're really serious about our citizenship uh, as far as a believer and representing the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the things that we that we do begin to change, and the things that we may think we want or we, that we have to have begin to change because our perspective begins to change because our appetite is changing a little bit. My appetite's no longer so much for the things of the world, but it's like hmm. Man, this would bring honor to Jesus. This would bring glory to Jesus if I did this. This would honor the, the Father if I said this, if I did this. And that's the difference. I want to look at one other passage of Scripture before we move on to the next one. This is out of, uh, I'm going to jump on to uh, Matthew chapter 6, actually. I'm going to move in. Actually, I am going to move on to the next one. This is what's in your heart. What's in your wallet? Our money? Our money. Our identity? what's in our heart. Matthew chapter 6 verses 23 through 24, it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of, of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then it goes on to say in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This has been an interesting scripture to me because the scripture is talking about our eyes and being full of light. And then it it goes on to talk about, about money. And let's look at that one more time in verse 22 of Matthew. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body and it says that if your eyes are healthy now i've got the u version anybody have the u version on your phone or your your uh, your device okay so there's a there's a little uh, thing you can click there and it tells you what a particular word have may actually mean in the original language actually when it says that if your eyes are healthy this is what it really means it means if you if your eyes are generous Isn't that interesting? Isn't that a different perspective as far as looking at the scripture? If your eyes are generous, your whole body will be full of light. And then it goes on to say, but if your eyes are unhealthy, guess what the original word for unhealthy is in the scripture. If your eyes are stingy, but if your eyes are stingy. So look at that perspective. If your eyes are generous, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are stingy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? then he goes on to say, you can't serve two masters. Either love one or hate the other. So do you see how that applies in the economy of this world and being a, be, having the opportunity to be a representative of the kingdom of God that if the things that we look at, the appetites that we have, are you still with me? The appetites that we have in this world... If what we're really concerned about, if what we really yearn for, if what we really long for, if what we really want is connected to the kingdom and the heart of Jesus himself who laid down his life, we're looking at things differently. We're not looking at it with a perspective of how does this benefit me? How is this going to make me look better? How is this going to make me Happier? How is this going to be more fulfilling to me? But it, rather it's like, oh, I'm looking at things with generosity. What would, how would Jesus handle this situation? And then I'm not stingy in the way that I'm living my life. So we've moved from what's in my wallet, how I function, to what's in my heart. How, no need to put the scripture up, but Luke chapter 6 talks about a, a tree, that a, a good tree bears good fruit. And a bad tree bears bad fruit. It just does. And it goes on to say that out of the abundance of our heart, out of the abundance of the things that we're taking in, out of the abundance of the things that we're taking in on a regular basis, we're being filled up with something. We're being filled up with something. If if your eyes are unhealthy and stingy, you're being filled up with yourself. You're being filled up with yourself. Me, me, me. Me, But if your eyes are healthy and generous, you're looking at things from the perspective of the kingdom, of what Jesus' interests are, and that begins to come out, which leads me to my last point. So we went from what's in your wallet to what's in your heart, and then lastly, what's in your actions? What's in your actions? Second Peter chapter 1. Verses three through eight. So just follow along. We're going to let the let the scripture speak for itself. This is what it says: His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate. In the divine nature. see do you, do you see that? We have the privilege to participate in the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Caused by misplaced appetites. We get to escape that corruption. And then it goes on to say, for this very reason, make every effort to add. Now, Pastor Bowen just concluded a whole series on Sunday nights about faith. And listen to what this says. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being what? Ineffective ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? Why are we ineffective and unproductive? Most of the time, and I'm guilty, I am definitely speaking to myself as well this morning, we are so much, our eyes are so much fixed on everything else that's feeding our own appetites. That's feeding our own appetites. And let me tell you, as I look across this room, I I see some of the guys from our connect group on Wednesday night. And I just, I, just, I just, these guys are just so inspiring to me because some of the conversations that we have, and, and let me just give a, a little plug about that. If you're not in a connect group, you're missing out because it's an opportunity to grow, not only in connectivity with other people and relationships, but it's an opportunity just to just flat out grow and to, 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 to find out more about what it means to be walking in the light in a community of faith with other people. And I see men... That are like, man, they're just like, they're, they're just getting, they're just moving more and more into the things of God. They're just pressing more and more into the things of God. And that's so much what it's about. And then uh, on this uh, same topic on what our actions are in Galatians chapter five, verses five through six, real briefly it says for the, uh for through the spirit. We eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Just let me give you the context. He's talking about following rules and regulations. That was a big thing that Paul was always up against in, in dealing with the church. Was They wanted to fall back. If you do A and B, you get C. And he was coming against that. He says it doesn't have any value. The only thing that counts is faith. Expressing itself through love, faith. Expressing itself through love, faith. Expressing itself through love, which brings me to my last point, and I'm gonna I'm gonna conclude with this real, in just a few minutes. This is the part I wanted to get to. This is the part that I say to you, that as New Hope Worship Center, a, a lovingly stated comment that this is for. The equipping of all of us as the people of God, as the people of God, to realize that the culture that we are living in is exactly what I've been describing. It's a culture that's saturated with its own appetites. It's consumed with itself. It's consumed with image. It's consumed with, with everything that's, that's anti the, 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 the heart and the purposes of Jesus and the kingdom of God. And the part that comes in where that we need to be equipped together is to understand and have an awareness of what's really going on. Do you realize that there are actually battles and there is a struggle going on? The Bible's clear about it. There's principalities and powers and rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms that are that are resisting that are trying to resist the kingdom of heaven, but it's not going to win and it's our duty and our responsibility and our uh, explicit privilege and opportunity that we have to be representatives of that kingdom. And here's, here's what I want to say you, to you. All of you over on this side, in the middle over here, on this side, in the back, in this whole room, is that it's our responsibility in this conflicted, confused, messed up, angry, World that has come about. It's, 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 it's been difficult for a long time. Jesus said that it, you will have trouble. There will be trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm saying that if ever there was a time that the church needs to step up and step in and function in love, it's now. It's now. It's now. And so we have this whole idea about you, you've, heard the scripture about speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in love, we have an opportunity to to go in and to live out our lives in this conflicted, torn up world and exemplify the love of Jesus. Now, let, let me give you a real life example of, of of love and what I'm talking about. I know, I know that probably uh, many of you do not know this gentleman. He's he's part of our church here. His name is... Uh, I, uh, I'm sure you wouldn't mind me mentioning this. We've been praying for him. Uh, Thomas Bertrand. Some of you may know Tom. He serves in the back. Uh, he's been on a waiting list for a tr- uh, kidney transplant for some time. And, uh, a, and you, you've heard these stories. It's an, it's an amazing thing what the blessing of medical technology can do now. Uh, he had a family member. And, and you've heard these kind of stories, and maybe someone in here's had the same thing happen, or maybe you've been a person that's actually donated a kidney. He had a family member that stepped up and said, "I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do that." And they were a great match, and so s- surgery took place uh, last week. Everything went good, and I went down to uh, say hi to Tom. Uh, some, sometimes he comes to our Connect group when he's available. And I went down to say hi to him, and said things are going great. I met several of his family members, and they said Thing- things are functioning fantastic. And we t- we chatted a little bit, and I said well, I said wow, you know, would it, would it be okay if I met your your cousin? I said I'd like to meet this guy, you know, I'd like to meet this person. Well, I went, he was down the hall a little ways in another room, and so they took me down. His his mom was actually there, uh, Tom's aunt. And so shall I take you down there? I'll take you over there. So we're, we're going down the hall. We get to the room and all of a sudden I can see there was something going on and stop. Well, he wasn't feeling too well at the moment. He was, he was, he was having some pain and, and some, some anxiety, or not anxiety, but just pain and some suffering. And he was not feeling physically well because of the fact that he just gave something from his body, out of his body to, to give to someone else. That's love and action. That's love and action. That's love and action. And he was feeling the discomfort and the pain of that. But I can't think of a more real-life situation example of, of being willing to love somebody than to, to give up a part of your body and then to have to go through two or three days of just painful discomfort. That's, a, that's an example of what's in your actions. What's in our actions? Jesus Christ came and laid down his life and allowed himself to be tortured so that you could have life so that you could have eternal life, so that you could live from the perspective of, of life within his kingdom and to be a citizen of heaven, even though for right now we're living in this world. So here's the thing, and I and, and I'm, I'm, I'm prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to help me to communicate this. The difference in, well, there's not a difference, but how truth and love have to coincide together. If there ever was a time that we need truth and love in this world, it's right now. It's right now. Is right now. So let me say this, love without truth is perverted. And here's where the conflict takes place. Love without truth. So you know people or you know of circumstances or situations where that someone may not be living right or doing right, or there's something that's not going right in their lives. And, and so you want to speak the truth and love. But actually it comes across more as just, you're just, you know, you're more, about, you're more about the truth. You're more about the truth. And so we get conflicted sometimes And how as a Christian and how as a believer, when we're, let's be real about it. Can we just be totally real about it in here today? When we live in a time frame, when I've not, I've, I've been around for quite a while now, when I've not seen the, the level of divide in so many different kinds of ways. It's 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 this way over here, and you got this group of people that feel this way, and you got this over here going on, and you got this happening over here, and you got got this, and we feel this way about that. But no, you don't understand this side, and so we get into this into the and, it's, and the thing. The concern is that it's crept into the church. It's crept into the church where where we're to be unified. But here's here's the point. I I I I feel, and I'm concerned that too much we as the church and this is the equipping part and we need to take note of this that we rally around what's right to the expense of love when the mandate really for us is to love people is to love people think about it this way if i don't have a graphic for this but just imagine with me if you had a little box say it's like a, a tall rectangular box and you could draw a line right down the middle and on one side of one column, you wrote love and then on the other side, you wrote right, like I'm right, R-I-G-H-T, representing truth. The way you live your life and the way you interact with people, which side has more check marks? Are you more concerned about being right or are you more concerned about Love. Are you more concerned about love? And that's why the, the scripture talks to us about speaking the truth in love. Love has to be the motive. Love has to be the motive for why that we might try to, to help someone along a little bit. Love is what we received. John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave." and then John 3:17 says that he didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. He came to save the world. And we have to ask ourselves, what's our motive? Am I more concerned about in social media I want to try to get my point across and I've got to be right and I'll just write people into the into the right way of living. Are we are we more aware and more cognitive of the of the of the mandate and the responsibility that we have to just love people? To love people. And here's the thing we're we are not talking about compromise. And that's where there's a conflict sometimes. You feel sometimes we I think we feel like as the church that if I love somebody, if I work with somebody or if I have a family member who's involved in whatever whatever it is that's a part that's definitely not representative of the things of God, I think that somehow that we feel like if I love them, I'm compromising. If I love and, and that's not the point. You, we have got to love people where they are. We have got to love people where they are. And let me just use scripture to make this point. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2, 24 and 25. And this is what it says. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to the people that you, that you live life with. To to all the people that you're friends with on social media? Is that the people we're to be kind to? But must be kind to everyone. Everyone. Able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to to a knowledge of what? There's truth. There it is. There's truth. But how, how does that happen? There's, there's something about, uh, about, and, and this is something that you have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you with. You have to pray and ask the Lord as you're living life out there in culture, you have to ask the Lord to help uh, that the Holy Spirit would use love to shape truth into words, to have that, that. Through love, you shape the truth into words, and that we get out of this mindset that you know there's a there's a famous saying, and I can't remember it's a famous writer that said it, but no one it's, it says this: no one ever came into the kingdom of God, no one ever accepted Christ because they lost an argument. How often are we engaged we, whether it's through you know Whatever, whatever, whatever mode of communication you use, we're constantly trying to be more right than somebody more. And all it does is polarize things. We just get into smaller groups, more groups, more fragmentation. And if there ever was a call for the church, I'm talking about the church across the world. I'm talking about especially the Western church. If there ever was a time for the church to come together and shake ourselves and come to our senses and realize, you know what? What am, I, what, do I, what am I expecting somebody, and I use the term sinner, why, why would I expect a sinner or someone who's not a believer, why, would, why should I expect them to act any different? That's, that's their nature. That's the way they're going to act. That's the way they're going to behave. That's who they are. That's where they're at right now. And when, when Jesus had the conversation with the woman at the well, and he said, there's a time coming that the people will worship the Father in spirit and truth. There's an aspect of that. If you're, if you're a person here today, and maybe you're away from the Lord, maybe you know that the Holy Spirit's even convicting you, even though this message is really for believers. This morning, you may feel the Holy Spirit convicting you about where you're at right now. Worship in spirit and in truth. There's, a, there's an aspect of that that says, worship in the truth of where you're at right now, and know that you have a Savior That will meet you where you're at. You don't have to fix yourself or get everything right. I'm telling you, there's power in love. And Jesus loves you. And he wants the best for you. We sing about it this morning. He's for us. He's not against you. He's not mad mad or angry at you. It's the enemy of your life. It's the enemy of your soul. But we as the church, I'm praying that the church at large across The country, we get a hold of ourselves and we realize that we can't be more right. And finally, somebody's going to go, oh, oh, I, okay, now, okay, that last point you just made right there. Okay, now I'm ready to accept Jesus. Not not going to work. You have to love people where they are. And I'm going to conclude with, with my own actual, I won't say this was like a, I don't want to sound all spiritual, but this this was like a like a little vision I had one day. I have, um, well, let me let me back up. A few years ago, in staff meeting here at the church, Pastor Bowen was talking to us one time. We were having a conversation with all the staff, and he was talking about how he noticed, realized this just through living life and being a Christian, being a believer, uh, that he didn't know very many. He didn't really know very many people that were. Unsaved, or we're or, or, or unbelievers, so to speak. And he was just kind of encouraging us to think about that. And so, over the past couple of years, I have, I have a particular hobby that I enjoy whenever I have a chance to do it. And there's a group of guys that I've got to know and get to hang around with um, from time to time. And uh, a couple of months ago, we were at an event together and, and uh, we, were, we were hanging out. And just just, just, just dudes, just guys, you know, unbelievers, you know, and we're just all hanging out, talking and stuff. And I literally, the Lord gave me this like revelation that just, it just like came up in me all of a sudden. And I realized all of a sudden I started looking at these guys and it was almost as if I could feel the presence. I could feel the presence of Jesus come up in me as if he was. Can't really describe the way it happened, but it was. I was looking at them in a different way, and I thought, "Wow, if Jesus was here in this segment of time, these are the dudes he'd be hanging out with. These are the guys. These are the guys that he would be hanging out with, and he would enjoy it. He would enjoy it, and I just all of a sudden I just felt." I didn't even know what to say. It was like, it happened so fast. It was like boom, boom, boom. I just felt this love. And I thought, wow, if we can begin to look at people that are out there in this world that we live in. And I I I I what's how can I what word can I use? I, I beg you, I beseech you, I implore you, I whatever, as as believers, as followers of Jesus, the people that you work with and that you're around. I know, and again, it sounds, uh, it's a cliche that you're the only Bible somebody somebody may read. Okay, whatever, that's true. But show the love of Jesus. We need to be the most patient, the most gracious. When somebody, you know, this actually happened. Somebody was telling me about this just recently, somebody that they went to school with and interacted with, that they just were friends. They just knew each other. And at, at a point in this Person's life, they ended up in a mess, in a, in a crisis situation, and guess who, who the first person was that popped in their mind when they were in need was this particular other person because they sh- they showed the love of Christ. You don't have to walk around. so some people are called to 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 like you know they're just out there. That's that's a that's a that's a gift, but you don't have to walk around with a big giant ten pound Bible quoting Scripture to people all the time. Just just love people. Do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did and love people. Let the Holy Spirit, the book of John clearly says that no one comes to the Father lest the Spirit draw him. And God forbid that, that you know, and again, I'm going to be very candid here. God forbid that you're associated with a community of believers called New Hope Worship Center and you're interacting with people. And they have that thought, man. I'd never go to that. I'd never go to that place. And I'm not. And, and, and again, this is we're talking about real life here. I know that, you know, one one of my things is driving. I get very frustrated. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get aggravated when I'm driving. I, I know nobody's perfect in here. Nobody's perfect in here. But here's the thing: if we're talking, to, if we're going to be real about the equipping of the saints, then we better get equipped. If we're going to talk about the equipping of the saints and we better take it, take it to heart that if you have it, if this, if I'm stepping on your toes or pushing your buttons a little bit, know this, that it's for a purpose that we have the privilege and the mandate to represent the love of Jesus Christ in a conflicted, mixed up, confused world. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you don't get angry sometimes. It doesn't mean you don't mess up. It doesn't mean you don't blow it. I'm just, I'm, I'm issuing a challenge. I'm issuing a challenge to, to New Hope, and I hope that I hope I hope it begins to spread throughout church them at large. That we begin to take it more serious, and we're more intentional about the way we, we interact. I heard uh, I heard from with my own ears uh, a a person in ministry talking about a, a, a pastor of another church, not even around here, kind of bragging a little bit about how he told somebody off that he didn't even know. And it kind of like, something didn't feel right about that. Something didn't feel right about that. So what, a, what a missed opportunity. Let me tell you something. You don't know the pain that some people have been through. You don't know the circumstances of some people's lives and what hell they've been walking through in whatever way for weeks, months, and sometimes years. And they're so full of pain. They're so full of hurt. They're so full of, of everything that's poisonous in their lives. And that's what they need is one of us to tell them off. That's what they need. That's, that's what they need. they need. They need me to tell them how wrong they are and how they just need to act differently. Rather than me say, you know what? Tell me a little bit about your story. What's going on? Let's have a conversation about that. We could get together. And I I know this kind of sounds maybe idealistic. All I'm saying is that let's please be more intentional in the way we think about what's in my wallet, what's in my heart, what's in my motives, what's in my actions. Am, Am I honoring and giving glory to Jesus? Is Jesus watching me and saying, look, look at how, look at how he's loving that person that doesn't deserve it because Jesus loved you and you didn't deserve it. How dare I withhold grace and compassion and patience and mercy from someone? How dare I do that? One of the guys in our connect group, as we wrapped up the, our semester, uh, we had a few guys share their testimonies. And one of the guys, one night, he, I wrote it down, I, I, I stuck with me. He said, isn't it amazing that in our wickedness, Jesus pursues us? In our wickedness, Jesus pursues us, pursued us and pursues us. So that's the, that's the challenge, church. Has this been, have I been too mean? Have I been too harsh? I, I apologize if I have been, but I feel very challenged in my own life. And you know what? And, and, and a side note about these guys that I interact with. Yesterday, I'm out, uh, just out taking a ride on my motorcycle, just praying and I'm like, I've been knowing these guys now for a while. And I'm like, what do I do now? I don't know. I don't know what to do. You know, like, like next time I see them, do I like, you know, Bob, why don't we just kneel down and say the sinner's prayer? <laughs> I, I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm just being really candid with you. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that I get to do something that's kind of simple. I'm a pretty simple guy. It's simple for me to understand, love people, be intentional about the people you interact with. Now, are there times you have to be firm? Yeah. There are times you you don't let somebody just take advantage. I'm not talking about letting people take advantage of you. I'm talking about having an intentional initiative of the way we conduct ourselves out there. If the world ever needed you and me, it's now. It's now. Amen. Amen. Whew. Okay, so let's do this. I know it's a different different kind of day, different kind of message. Let's just uh, let's right there where you're at, let's just let's just bow our heads for a moment. Lord, Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, we read right out of your word some, some principles that challenge us, Lord. I know I'm challenged. Lord, to to be more intentional. Lord, to love people and to, to just Lord, be you, be your hands and your feet, your heart other people. And Lord, I know there's probably some of us in this room today, maybe we feel kind of bad now. We're like, man, I, I I, really blew that situation last week, or maybe a year ago something happened. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you'd, to, to convince us of, uh, not that we feel condemned, but maybe there's some things we need to go back and make, make right with someone or, or a situation or circumstance. And just be real. With your with your kingdom, with your agenda, with your heart in mind. And I pray that over every one of us, Lord, that you'd be gracious as you always are to us, continue to be merciful and patient and gracious with us, but help us to be an extension of that to others and deal with us in our hearts. And Lord, as we leave this place today, Lord, that we begin to be more intentional about carrying your name, about being about your business Lord, doing things in your name. Oh, well, that sounds so good. We'll go around and say, oh, I'm just gonna say in Jesus' name. Lord, that's not some magic phrase that we, we say. This is, this is your life that you gave for us and for us to share with others. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit. Lord, we talk about revival and I can't think of a more powerful revival than to see your church rise up and be your love to a dark, hurting, broken world. What a powerful revival. But we ask for that, Lord. Send us revival, Lord, in our lives. Revive us, Lord. Some of us today are broken and hurt. Lord, heal us and help us. Revive us, Lord. When we're angry, help us, Lord. Heal us. Restore us. That we can be healed and whole and able to be that to others. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.